0: Hello, Erica.
1: Hello, Stephen.
0: It's the Patrick Troughton era now on Lazy Doctor Who.
1: It begins.
0: That feels kind of weird to watch a different Doctor after all this time, even though we did do the series one of the Eccleston series because you were doing that very at the time. But you know.
1: But that was such a vast difference that it was like <laughs> kind of like watching an entirely different show. This mm-hmm. is like watching the same show with a different actor, which it's like that because it is that.
0: It is that and it's so soon after we watched 10th planet which was what the, what day was it then do we watch saturday saturday
1: so what how many days ago is that like some s- 4 days
0: 4 days so 3 days less than it would be for the viewing public in 1966 cuz the 10th planet was the first story of or the second story rather of um season 4 and all of a sudden the very next week there's a new doctor Crazy. Wow. Yeah.
1: I can't even imagine how wild that must have been for the audience at the time. Mm -hmm. Just wow.
0: Yeah. And uh, for those of you wondering, um, it's funny how how it's a testament to how much we've kind of um, become lazier in the past few months in watching Doctor Who and doing this podcast because when... Um, Power of the Daleks was about to come out we were mere mere 30 odd episodes away from actually coming up to Power of the Daleks and we thought that perhaps us watching Power of the Daleks for this show would actually coincide with it coming out in the animated (laughs) form in November it's now August of the next year and we're finally getting to it which in a way um, if we were going to be um, not watching at the same time I'm kind of glad that we waited a while because it's it seems very familiar after having watched the animated version at least two or three times at the time.
1: Well, I only watched it the one time that we went to see it in the theater, yeah, so that was that was it for me um but i I am kind of glad that that we waited well, not waited, but that it just took us. <laughs> it's this long to get here because while i still kind of remember um you know as i'm watching it i'm like oh that's the person who does this later and oh yeah that's this person and um but i don't have a really great handle on exactly how everything worked out because it is a pretty intricate story in some ways Uh which i definitely noticed in watching episode one here because a lot happens they're like they sort of lay the foundations for a lot um But it's an awful lot of teasing. Like, you're, I even had almost trouble keeping track of who was who and what was going on. And I know this story. Mm -hmm. So, in addition to having to get used to a new Doctor, um, I mean, obviously the scenes between the Doctor and Ben and Polly were, you know, that's not hard to understand. It's just fascinating. But all of the other characters that they're sort of seeding in and trying to, you know, there's a lot of internal politicking going on that's being... Set up here. It's a, uh, it's a lot. I feel like dealing with a new doctor and trying to get your head around all of these things that are happening might have might have been a little bit rough for people at the time.
0: Yeah, but they do throw him into it. You know, they don't really dwell on the fact. I, I think perhaps it's a good thing to sort of say, okay, let's get on with a regular Doctor Who story now, and just have this new doctor in it, so you can sort of get used to him in action, as opposed to maybe dwelling on it for a while also they didn't this is their first time doing it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and in in future years they would sort of make regeneration a bigger thing uh, at the beginning of of each era and that first episode or two would sort of be spent with the doctor kind of convalescing a little bit and the story sort of happening around him here he dusts himself off a bit after a few minutes in the TARDIS and sort of gets going with the regular story and that's how it goes.
1: Well, I mean, I I wasn't complaining about that cuz no. I, I do like the I do like the fact that you do get, you know, a regeneration adjustment as opposed to regeneration convalescence here, but it's taking place pretty much at the same time as everything else. I just I mean, knowing how the power of the Daleks works out. And like having seen the whole thing, it's an amazing story and I would not change anything. But if I had just seen this one episode and this was it so far, I might be a little bit concerned about the amount of extra stuff they're throwing at us. Just ignoring the regeneration stuff. The fact that this is a complicated first episode, there just, there Mm -hmm. seems to be a lot happening, but I do like that. The doctor just gets into the action right away. And I love that we have so much Ben and Polly and the doctor Interacting, and I had thought at the end of the Tenth Planet that Ben and Polly entered and actually saw him change. But it doesn't sound like, based on the dialogue, that they actually got to see that happening. So that wasn't entirely clear at the end of the last part, which you know, because we couldn't see it moving. Yep. So now, based on what. Ben and Polly are saying well the doctor's the one that went in there and you know they see he's wearing his clothes and, and the ring and stuff although Ben's argument that uh, here's the ring that the doctor always wears if you're the doctor it should fit he changed his entire size his clothes don't fit anymore very clearly it just, that, was, that was a little he's oh. wearing
0: new clothes and no one mentions that by the way
1: oh is he? yep <laughs> Okay, because well, we're watching the reconstruction.
0: The yeah, the Snap recon. Yeah, on, available on disc two of the official DVD release,
1: uh, which has a voiceover linking narration by Annika Wills, yeah. um, which is very good. But she says that the doctor is like she's there's specific narration at the beginning that says the doctor's clothes suddenly don't fit him. They're hanging on him. They're way too big. And then he goes over and he gets new clothes from the wardrobe obviously it's not all new clothes because you have to change in front of us but Mm -hmm. so he's wearing different clothes
0: he wears a different coat i think he's wearing a cloak Mm -hmm. um like he's wearing the doctor's cloak before but his shoes pants trousers Mm -hmm. and shirt are all new when he he, when he gets up off the floor Mm -hmm. and yeah they just sort of had him regenerate it's not the first time for instance, uh, in Legopolis, Tom Baker is wearing his own personal boots with his costume. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the beginning of the season 18, he was wearing uh, sort of like plus fours and like Argyle socks and shoes, Mm -hmm. Um, but he gradually sort of started to prefer his old boots again, but he took the boots with him when he left Doctor Who. Uh, Peter Davison is wearing the original season 18 costume with him, so there's a shot of him taking off his shoe, and you can see his Argyle sock. (laughs) That's not the actual costume he was wearing mere moments before, so... Mm -hmm. So write that into your into your canon, if you will.
1: So you said that's not the first time. No, this is the first time. It's yeah. not the last it's time. It's not
0: the last time. That's what I meant. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, obviously I couldn't tell uh-huh. in the the telesnaps. I I that's don't okay. watch closely enough to be able to, to see that, but it was uh but it is it is neat to see them being skeptical and it is fun to see the doctor just being kind of an annoying brat. Um, with his little recorder and mm-hmm. stuff. Which I mean if Ben was coming at me the way that Ben is coming at the second doctor here, uh, I'd probably want to bug the crap out of him too. <laughs> I feel like he deserves yeah. it a little bit.
0: It's uh kudos to Doctor Who for um going full on and all out with this new doctor. They didn't sort of like you know um the 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 Ben is actually crucial to events here him being very skeptical as to whether or not this is Doctor Who or not. And Pauly's sort of thinking, well, let's wait and see. That's exactly what was going on in the eyes of the viewer back at that time. Because they're equally going, well, this isn't Doctor Who. This doesn't look anything like him. doesn't behave like him. And the fact that they just completely change... The character and the performance of the Doctor. I mean, Trouton is in no way doing a Hartnell impersonation as one might have thought he might have done or something. If you're thinking of just sort of recasting the, the central role like that. So it's it, I thought it was very bold and very brave to do that.
1: And honestly, if they hadn't done that, maybe it wouldn't have worked. If they would have gotten an actor who is similar to William Hartnell, who was just playing the part similarly... Um, not even just doing an impression but trying to trying to still play that same character with a different face I you know there's no way to know for sure but I would be very skeptical of the idea that that would have worked well enough to have the show still continuing on 54 years later
0: Mm -hmm. and I think it's also great it's such a marked change it's it's you know, we watched, I watched Power of the Daleks a lot at the time when it came out on the animated version out of context because I wasn't seeing it with the, you know, the stuff leading up to it. I like 10th Planet and everything like that. And I remember we were watching 10th Planet last weekend and there's a scene where Ben is stuck in the projector room and he's trying to concoct a plan to sort of, you know, defeat the Cybermen. And we know this because he's Telling us what his plan, what he's planning. He's basically narrating his actions, and that's something that uh, that I think William Hartnell's doctor did a lot too. It's kind of like radio on TV in a way. But here, Troughton is silent for so much of it, or he's just sort of like answering questions by blowing on his recorder. <laughs> it's such a subtle performance, and it's it just makes everything just so more mysterious and. Slightly mischievous now, thanks to this, and like it, it happens. Episode one, does it like it does not fade? I mean, Tartan himself sort of settles down over the the young, uh, next few weeks, but the key, the core performance of 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 his doctor is there from from moment one.
1: You said a little mischievous. I think it's a lot mischievous. Mm-hmm. I think I think that comes out right away because whether he is acting, you know, a little bit strange because he is. You know, kind of his thinking is disjointed from having just renewed mm. him himself, or having been been renewed by the TARDIS. Apparently, because that's the thing it does. Um, whether it's that or or he's pretty much got it down, and he's just sort of trying to trying to be mischievous because that's his new his new role. It it really comes off as being quite a scamp.
0: He is a scamp, mm-hmm. a, a hobo, a cosmic hobo, mm-hmm. if you will which is what Sidney Newman described what he wanted out of the second Doctor, because they're having issues. They're having trouble coming up with the characterization, and they, in fact, delayed recording of this episode by a week after 10th Planet because they were still sort of trying to hammer not only the costume but the whole character of the Doctor, and and apparently um, they sought help from um, um, Dennis Spooner, Mm-hmm. Former script editor of Doctor Who for season two of with Verity Lambert, and also Sidney Newman and uh, Ines Lloyd took a, a the producer took a big long walk around the entirety of the BBC television center apparently, and by the end of that long walk, they Newman had sort of hammered out what he wanted out of this new doctor so Sidney Newman once again sort of exerting his influence on the show that he helped create uh, three years previously to this sort of sets it on a brand new direction which which sees it, you know become a thing that can last forever and ever
1: wow thanks Sidney Newman
0: yeah mm-hmm. has a lot to do um, anything else about this uh, This episode one power than else
1: um, well it's another one where it's called the power... Does, does episode one actually say the power of the Daleks at the beginning of it? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a very stereotypical uh, Dalek thing where you don't see any Daleks all the way through episode one until the very end and oh my god it's scary except that we knew that that was coming all along because it's called the power of the Daleks. Yeah.
0: But the great thing how about how David Whitaker twists that around uh, this is the first story first Dalek story written completely by someone who wasn't Terry Nation is that instead of like a show of like oh my god the daleks are here and they're like burst you know come out of a river or out of buried sand or some sort of like you know appearing in a position of power and dominance we see three dead or dormant daleks Mm -hmm. and or two or three and and the and what the scary thing is is that one isn't there anymore Mm -hmm. it's the missing dalek that's actually the scary thing why is it gone and where is it gone
1: and then you see the like internal mutant yep. scampering away on mm-hmm. the floor, which is not a thing that we have, have seen. You know, we saw part of a dead one um, in the very first Dalek story
0: yep. um,
1: that they then tossed a blanket over. But this is the first time we've actually seen one in motion, although technically you and I did not see it in motion yep. because this is a uh, telesnap reconstruction. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankfully, the telesnaps actually got a shot of it as it was scampering away. So we at least get to see a little bit of what it looks like creepy
0: yep mm-hmm. this is my favorite um, possibly my favorite Dalek story of all time so I'm glad to finally starting to watch it again
1: it it might be mine too uh, um, it, up until now it's been sort of a tie between A Destiny of the Daleks and, <laughs> and Asylum of the Daleks uh-huh. but maybe it'll, I think maybe it'll just be a three way tie like yeah. they're very different eras and styles of Dalek stories so mm-hmm. so yeah that's where I am yeah mm-hmm.
0: is that it for uh, episode one Power of the Daleks
1: I think so. We've got a lot ahead of us.
0: We do. I know. And and the sun's out right now. We're doing this rare early evening recording, which I'd like to be able to do more often because that means we won't become too sleepy by the time it's time to watch and record.
1: Could this be the end of Sleepy Doctor Who?
0: It's never the end of Sleepy Doctor Who. Nope. Mm -mm. But it's the end of this episode.
1: Sure is. Bye. Bye.